Hello, howdy, and welcome back to season two of the Texas Private School Podcast. As always, I am one-third of your hosting crew, Wes Tollison, joining you from College Station, Texas. Walker Lott also joins us from College Station, the great city, and Ryan Schroeder joins us from the slightly above-average city, Stillwater, Oklahoma. But, Walker, I'll turn to you first. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Welcome to be back. You know, it's been a long, long time, but I'm finally back, ready to talk football again. It's, you know, week one now. I'm excited, man. 100%. Ryan, how are we doing up in Oklahoma? Let's go back for some Texas private school football. I'm up in Oklahoma, but, you know, TAPS live streams are a real thing, so (laughs) we're going to be looking at those. Uh, we are 100% getting a subscription and, and consuming as much TAPS football as we can this season. Um, one thing I will say before we get started, we have a gigantic segment and guest coming on at the end of the episode. We have Greg Tepper from Dave Campbell's High School Football, a.k.a. the Texas Football Bible. We have him on. He gives us some guest picks. He is probably one of the most knowledgeable people in this industry and you'll hear that with his wisdom with his own picks so walker made that magic happen hats off to you thank you so for thank you to greg in advance walker thank you for getting him on that was that was huge but walker you already you have some notes you want to hit on before we get to all the big stuff so go ahead and take that yeah absolutely um you know i want to first you know i did the giant uh school tour and it took a lot of weeks and a, a couple months to do and, you know, we went around and I, I got to meet a lot of your coaching, the coaching staff. So I have a lot of schools, you know, over 30, I think I ran into around 29, I think the 30 schools. And I put miles into my car. Absolutely. And, you know, for sure, as you know, you'll see, I have, we haven't released a lot of those episodes because um, as college kids, we got busy this summer and, um, uh, you know, jobs came in and, you know, other stuff for college came in and it just, I wasn't able to really sit down and edit that. And so, you know, we're trying to figure out how we really want to do that still, but I think we'll release them throughout the season, just interviews and stuff like that. Maybe the best clips don't really know how exactly we want to do it, but we haven't forgotten, but I really want to do appreciate every school that's reached out to me. You know, I always said, if you reached out, I was going to go. And I went to almost every school I can. I went Austin, San Antonio, Houston, uh, Fort Worth, Dallas. And I know Wes, I believe you even did a couple of East Texas schools and we even got Midland. Um, Midland came down to college station for the seven on seven. So we got them there. So that was really cool to see. So even West Texas. Um, but yeah, I really want to thank you. Thank to all the coaching staff, all the players. Uh, hopefully you're watching now because you, you know, you know who we are now. So I just want to say thank you for that. Moving into the next topic is going to be just kind of the notes that I've learned from throughout the summer and things I've caught up. Firstly, I think that 2024 quarterback Turner Murdoch over there at Second Baptist is going to be an absolute stud. Be on the lookout for him. I think he's going to make his mark as one of the best 24s, probably in private school this season. And if he balls out like I maybe think he will, he might turn some heads for the best in the state, uh, even though uh, that 24 class in the state is absolutely loaded. Um also, uh, we'll talk about it more later, that 25, 2025 Parish now quarterback Sawyer Anderson. They're going to be the two young guys in this state. They're going to be insane to watch. Um, I also wanted to shout out uh, Spring uh, Frasity. I believe that's how you maybe say it. Uh, the wide receiver, Zamari Bruce. I went and watched him at the 7-on-7 seven seven meet uh, at uh, Fort Bend. I think that man is so underrated. I did not even know that school existed. I'm going to be completely honest. And that kid can jump out of the gym 
and was making plays all day. No one could cover him, not even close. And honestly, he will probably be arguably the best wide receiver in all of private school. That man is a stud, and I mean that truly. He is 6'3", all of that, and it is just an athletic monster. He is insane. He's the only reason that school really has a shot every year. You throw it up to him, he'll probably come down with it, that type of player. He's stud. Um, going into going down to San Antonio, when we passed through Central Catholic, I know me and Wes both saw that offensive line for Central Catholic is unreal. That will be the best offensive line in private school next year, without a doubt. You have two guys going to UTSA, Ben Rios and DeAndre Marshall. You have another guy in the middle who's going to be a stud. And not going to lie, that's going to be a dark horse team for Taps D1 next year. If they can make over the hump, because if they did it like they did last year, Parrish go from the bottom up, they're going to have to compete with Parrish, and that's going to be hard to do. But, I mean, if anyone could do it, I think this will be the year for Central Catholic with – uh, that team will be sneaky, and I'm really excited to see him do it. Um, some other guys, specialist talk. I'm very, I was really, really happy to see that uh, Levi Hancock out of Brian Brazos Christian got his uh, commitment to Texas A&M to be a long snapper. Who is Art? He is the best long snapper in the country. So he stayed local, wanted to stay local, loved the school, all that, and I'm really happy to see it. And then on the other side. Uh, the other big school in the state, Texas, got Will Stone, the kicker out of Austin Regents. So when, I, when I went and saw him, I went, holy cow, this man can kick a ball. And he was dominant, a five-star true kicker in the, in the country. And Texas got a good one. And I believe he got a true offer. So that means he is going full ride to Texas for kicking. And so I just wanted to shout him out. Uh, shout out to him for being a great player. And he ultimately ended up in a school in his own city. So, uh. The other thing, I'm really, really excited to see the D2 Houston schools of Second Baptist and Fort Bend really step up the, to the challenge this year. It's going to be really exciting to see them step up because I think they're going to cause a lot of noise that usually they don't uh, this year. And they're going to make it harder for Austin Regions to make it back to the state championship this year. We're going to move in now to Greg Tepper. Uh, again, big guess. This is probably the biggest guess we could have had on for week one. Uh, appreciate him for giving his time away for, you know, a little bit just to talk to us about sports and football, especially. Um, so thank you. Uh, and y'all enjoy. All right. Uh, now for our last segment of the day, you know, before we get into the rest of the games, uh, we want to welcome on to the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas football. And you know, also we'll see him sometimes on Valley sports Southwest. Uh, one of the best men in the industry, Greg Tepper. Thank you for coming on, man. Guys. It's a pleasure. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a joy to hop on with, uh, with the finest private school podcast in Texas. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable saying that. That's, uh, I'm probably just made it like four or five people mad, but I'll go with it. It's good. Walker, please clip that. I will. (laughs) (laughs) Um, have that on loop, have that on loop over and over and over again. That's what we're just going to (laughs) have. Absolutely. Um, you know, we have, you know, first episode of the new year and, you know, we have to start it off with a bang with you. Um, I first want to say, you know, uh, looking through, you know, I saw the video, you know, you talking about your father, uh, the other day on your Twitter, you know, I just want to say I'm happy, uh, you know, it's heading in the right direction at the moment, you know, with all that. So I want to say, uh, you know, we're all your father is all in our prayers, all of that jazz, you know, hoping the best for that situation. Uh, 
but yeah, you know, I'm really happy, you know, hearing about that. So sure. No, I appreciate that. Um, you know, my father's going through a little, a couple health issues right now, but, but, you know, things are trending in the right direction. And, uh, you know, the biggest thing that, that the reason I, I kind of want to say that stuff is, is to just, you know, urge people to, to get vaccinated because, you know, we felt the ripple effects personally as a family. And it's, you know, the, the thing that you can do to, to stay out of the hospital is get vaccinated. So hate to get on a high horse there and, and, and preach to people. And I don't want to do that, but it's, you know, I thought it was important to, to use our, our family's uh, uh, situation as, as an example of the importance of that. So I appreciate you guys, uh, you know, saying prayers for me. We, we, we certainly appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, secondly, before we go into it, I just wanted to say kind of a thank you. You know, we all grew up li- wa- uh, not listening, uh, now listening now because of all your podcasts, but, you know, reading Dave Campbell's and, uh, you know, you were the, one of the first to truly cover private school football heavily, um, you know, and all of that. So, you know, always for at least for me you know i know for west too seeing our name and dave campbell's growing up was always a really cool special thing uh so i just wanted to say for your company at first just say thank you man well look yeah we appreciate it certainly you know we recognize how important what we do is to a lot of people around the state like it's a it's a it's a touchstone in people's lives and it's something that that people come back to and people that uh you know people have a, a true connection to it dave campbell's and it's you know it's all I'm doing is just carrying the torch that Dave lit. You know what I mean? That That's my job. And so I'm just trying to, I, I tell people a lot that I don't actually care if you like the magazine, as long as a 96 year old man in Waco does like everything else will work, take care of itself as long as he's happy. So, uh, you know, that, that, that's very kind of you. And, and, and yeah, we're, we're just, we're trying to do our best. We're trying to do, do right by it, by Dave and, um, and cover, cover football as extensively and comprehensively as we can. And, 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 and that includes the private school ranks. And, and, you know, I mentioned to you guys, you know, in the past, sometimes we've fallen short. Uh, I, I've, I've wanted to, in my time as managing editor, make a concerted effort to expand our private school coverage and stuff like that. And, and that's something I'm pretty passionate about. Uh, and so uh, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, I'm glad that people pick up the magazine every year. I, I, I you youngsters, you, 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 you know, youths, the youths, I have to explain to you what magazines are print yeah. media, you know, thank you. I appreciate you guys going out and, and picking them up every, uh, every year that, uh, that, that certainly means a lot and not just because it helps pay my mortgage. <laughs> no, I got, I got to say a couple of things. Oh. First of all, you're downplaying that way too much because I can tell you firsthand from being not far removed from being a high school football player, the day that comes out is basically mm-hmm. a holiday in Texas. I mean, every single kid that plays football and all of my friends immediately flip to the back pages and look for your team's write-up. And you want to see if your coach submitted your name for that write-up because you feel like you're a celebrity, honestly. And on a second note, I got to apologize if I like sound a little nervous or I stumble over my words. I feel like I'm in the presence of this behemoth oh. figure. I'm really, I'm not trying to blow smoke. Like th- this is how like in high of reverence, I hold this magazine and the entire company. So really thank you for coming on. I mean well, that genuinely. Well, and I appreciate that. And, and, and I will, I, I will accept that on behalf of Dave Campbell's, which it is, you know, look, it's super cool for me to work there. Like, it's awesome. You know what I mean? Like my, uh, like my bad days at work involve football. That's pretty great. <laughs> and, and so, um, you know, I, we, we just know how much this, this, this brand and how much Dave Campbell's Texas football means to so many people. And, and that's what kind of keeps us going. And it's, it's a collection of people who are super passionate. And, and we really hope, we really hope that when you read our stuff, whether it's in the magazine or it's at texasfootball.com or you listen to our podcast or anything like that, that you hear that passion, that we're not, you know, we're not faking it. We, we actually love this stuff. This stuff is really fun for us. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's just a joy to, to work for, uh, for Dave Campbell's Texas football and be a small part of, uh, of this, uh, long, long Texas legacy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, 
Well, also, you know, we'll do two questions here. I kind of want to, you know, talk about with you, um, you know, I want to just talk about, you know, the whole of private school football here in Texas, because, you know, you'll probably know it better than anyone. Just how, you know, not comparing it, you know, to the North Shores or the, you know, the West Lakes, of course, because that's two, you know, it's different, different levels. Mm-hmm. But how do you think it compares to the public school eyes in a lot of ways? And, you know, what do you think is the overall reception, you know, to private school football here in Texas? So I think that, you know, private school football here in Texas faces in a lot of ways unique challenges that aren't faced elsewhere, simply because of the way that that high school football in the state is, is structured because of the UIL and how they only have the two private schools with Jesuit and Strake allowed in it. And then, you know, they're, they're basically nobody else uh, allowed, as opposed to you go to California or you go to uh, Ohio or Georgia or, or yeah. Florida. And, and it is, it's, there's just all these teams playing against one another. And so I think that, you know, private schools, do face unique challenges that public schools don't, um, not only in, um, you know, getting themselves the exposure that they, in my opinion, deserve, uh, but also in just kind of, uh, you know, building the brand of private school football. It's difficult. It's, it's much more difficult because this is, you know, plain and simple. This is, this is a, a state that when people think about high school football, more often than not, they're thinking about public school football. It's not a knock. It's just kind of the reality of the situation. Now, that said, the thing that I always go back to as far as private schools and why I find them compelling and why I think that it's worth paying attention to, even if you don't have, you know, if you're a neutral fan and you don't have a a dog in the hunt, it's worth paying attention to is because there's really good football and it's not just the players. The players are obviously great. And we'll talk about a number of them and, and, and how many great players there are in their private school ranks. I think it's the matter of the depth of coaching in this state. Um, and, and a lot of that just comes down to wanting to compete against the best, like plain and simple, Texas high school football coaches are the best in America. That's not even really an opinion at this point. I think that that's just more of a a stated fact. And, And so for me, that that is true in the private school ranks as well, is that the, the depth of coaching there is insane. It's really, really good everywhere you look every Friday night or Thursday night or Saturday night, you've got a matchup of two really good coaches that, and two really good coaching staffs. They're going to go at it and they're going to try to out scheme one another. That to me is as compelling as uh, the individual playmakers that you're going to see uh, out, out there on a, on a Friday night. Like the, the coaching matchup is what really sets uh, I think Texas high school football apart and in turn private school, high school football in the state of Texas is that the coaching, the coaching here, we, we take it for granted. It is outrageous how good these coaches are. You've got coaches who come in from every other state in the union because they want to, they want to prove it against the best. You know, the, the example I use a lot, and this is in the public school ranks, but there's a coach, there's a coach named Mark Del Percio, who is like the winningest coach in Delaware high school football history. Like he's got like a, a million state titles or something like that. Like absolute, like uh, just king up there in Delaware. And he moved down to take the job at Orange Grove. And he did it. And we asked him, why do you do that? And he goes, well, because I got to prove it against the best. Like winning in Delaware is one thing, but, but doing it here in Texas means you've proved something. And I think that that is, is very true in the Texas, in the private school ranks as well, is that these coaches are out there to prove, yeah, I'm one of the best coaches in America at any level. The only place you can do that is in the state of Texas. So that's a long answer to your short question. No, I think that's absolutely true. You know, you see coaching throughout the state was just, is just great. You know, everywhere you go, you know, I, 
I'm blessed that I can get to travel to a lot of games during the year. And I just love seeing the coaching staffs on each place and, you know, how well they are, just mm-hmm. how smart they are and knowledgeable of the game. And also just how good they are with their players. You know, just that, the chemistry they build with that team, that bond is always just so special throughout the state. Um, you know, I mean, talent wise, you know, I, I, I forgot who said it, but one of us came, one of the, someone came on and said that, you know, you're not going to face maybe 11 on 11 for the teams like the parishes, the Nolans back last year, mm-hmm. 11 on 11, they can compete with a lot of teams. The depth, mm-hmm. when they start building the depth of the, some of those teams is where you see the private and the public school kind of differ. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, you can find talent anywhere from, you know, 6A to 1A. But I think, you know, the depth is what makes it change, you know? I think that's true. And, and I, think that, I think that your top line talent, as far as some of the best private schools against some of the best public schools, uh, that top line talent is, is even. Sometimes private school will be a little bit ahead. Sometimes, you know, uh, the, the public school will be a little bit ahead. But, but generally speaking, on balance, it'll end up being about even. Uh, where the public schools, and, and I think just it's a plain numbers game, is their depth. Like the depth has got like the, a lot of the public schools, especially at the 6A and 5A level, uh, which is where a lot of those, and we'll talk about some of the, some of the games with public schools yeah. taking on private schools. They, the, the 6A and 5A is where they're going to find that kind of top level talent matchup. Uh, well, but they're also going to be at a depth disadvantage there. And so that's why to me, to go back to the coaching thing, what really sets great coaches apart is the ability to have, yeah, our top, our, our, our ones are great, but our twos are really good too. And if one of those guys drops out where we have some, a capable backup to step in. And that's kind of probably where the difference between the good and the great is. And probably the difference, uh, the main challenge that I would say that private schools would face uh, going up against public schools. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and then the second question I kind of wanted to talk about was, you know, kind of a big one, um, Mm. is, you know, the transfers transferring has become such a huge thing. And if you don't want to talk about it, let me know, by Mm. the way, but you know, transferring is not a new thing. It really isn't. Mm -hmm. It's been around for a lot of years, but you see it a lot in the private school rankings a lot. And you see it from them coming in and them coming out. Um, you know, you see Nolan Parrish, you know, John Paul, a couple of years ago, when those guys came in, they made a lot of huge success really quickly. But then you see kind of like Nolan last year or coming, I guess, technically this year, you see a lot of people leave John Paul, you had Terrence Brooks, you know, leave there. You have Cam Robertson leaving there too. So you see transferring throughout the state. Um, I kind of just wanted, you know, what are your thoughts on, you know, transferring, <laughs> In the state. And you, if you don't want to talk about it, let me know. Oh, it's fine. Uh, look, it's, you know, what are they going to do? Fire me? Um, <laughs> yes. The answer is yes, they will fire me. Um, no, uh, you know, it's a, it's a sticky wicket, right? And, right? and you see it kind of both ways. I think that in a lot of, in the past, I think the big concern from public school coaches was that these private schools were coming and they were offer and they were saying, right. you know, hey, you come play for us. And, and you were seeing some uh, pro- public school kids going over to the private schools. And that still happens. Yep. But now I think that, boy, I'd love to see some numbers on it, but I would bet that it's more net zero than anything. You know, yeah. the, 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 that as many players are transferring from public to private, the same number are transferring from pi- private to public. And, and there's, there's some reasons for that. I, I think that, um, I think that the, you know, there, there are private schools that are, I don't want to phrase this. There are some private schools that are uh, that because of the big brand name, you want to go play for a big brand name. And if you're playing at a 
let's just say a, a lower brand name public high school, right? You may want to go play for a bigger private. You may believe that I can get more exposure by going and playing uh, for a, a Nolan or a Prestonwood or, or a Kincaid or, or any of these, these big private schools, right? Right. Um, but on the other hand, you know, there's also guys who are looking around and they're saying, you know, I want to go and move over to, to the public side. I also think that, you know, first of all, I think that on balance is about a net zero. You know, the, some years there are going to be more kids that go to the public schools. Some years are going to be more kids that go to the private schools. But I also think that there it's not necessarily the numbers are not necessarily huge. Like there, yeah. there are big names, right? They're big names. And that tends to be what grabs headlines. But it's not necessarily like as widespread as I think people maybe fear or maybe think that it is. Um, because I think most, most players want to play at one program and stick there. And yeah. I think that's what you see more often than not. So I think it's, a, I think the, 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 the transfer problem, so to speak, is a little bit overstated. I understand why it concerns some people, but I don't necessarily buy it as some sort of like existential threat to public school, private, public high school football, private high school football. I think both of them have an ecosystem that's pretty healthy. Yeah, I, I agree. Do, I do want to hit on the brand name thing. Mm -hmm. I want to raise another point. So, you know, probably is the biggest brand name that's ever existed in Texas private school football. It's not the name of a school. It's Deion Sanders. I was that happened, about that, to say that. That happened, yep. with, that happened with Trinity Christian probably four or five years ago now. I just want to say, and I'll, I'll tread lightly here because all this stuff gets in really murky water. But I played that team two years in a row. And the fact that that team was playing us was very, very unfair. So, you know, it, it creates this really big entity. But I like, I like how you brought up brand name because that really, really makes you look at the whole transferring in and out in a different light. And it makes you realize how it really can turn into a net zero once you realize there's brand names on both sides of this game. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think that there were, there was, you know, there were, there have been some years where there, it seemed like there's a bunch of players going to the private school ranks. And there's been some years where it feels like, I think kind of like this year where it feels like there's been a, a pretty big movement of private school kids to the public school ranks. Right. I think it just kind of evens out. Like I'm just, it, it doesn't keep me up at night, plain and simple. Um, and I think that, I think that, you know, I think both private school, high school football and, and public school, high school football in Texas are just, they're really healthy right now. Like there's, there's not, we can, we can nitpick about what we would prefer to happen, this or that. But I, I also just don't think that it's necessarily all that uh, existential of a crisis for, for either, either kind of sphere. Yeah. I think the only problem was and yeah like i'll say problem was even when i was in i'm pretty sure all of us were in high school when trinity cedar hill was trying to like rule like oh, you're making me feel cats. so old dude <laughs> it's okay hey, here's, here's, here's the thing about that here's the thing about that that may just be when we were in high school but i'm gonna be completely honest cedar hill ran football basketball whatever sport they wanted to run they ran it just because in reality they had the power to do that and I'm, I'm going to harp on taps here because it was their fault. They didn't step in fast enough to, to kick them out until basically later down the line when that happened. And yeah, we all faced them. My school faced them in basketball playoffs and we actually won funnily enough, but um, no, it was a lot of time we got crushed in football. Why was this team that was filled of stars and a coach that played in the NFL as a hall of famer, like coming into Texas private school and playing in division two. Like, I was like, like, why is this happening? Why, why am I dealing with that? Right. So it was the, the one, the one thing I'll say about this and, and this is where I'll tread lightly. Yeah. Um, I do think that the private school ranks 
um, you do you do tend to see a little bit more of these kind of controversies, right? And a little bit more of these kind of um, these I don't want to say problems. These these issues crop up. Let's just say, and and you know, in in, in say what you want about the UIL, but the UIL has pretty firm guidelines that they that they tend to stick to. Yeah, and and that has been to me that is to me one of the one of the things that that that. that they do well is that they say, here are the rules. We're going by it. Yes. That means some people's ox is going to get gored, but it's just the matter of, of, of that's the way that we do business. Um, and for, in the private school ranks, I think because there is, it's always a shifting, they're shifting sands in the private yeah. school ranks. Um, you have to navigate that as well as obviously putting a great football team on the field. So there's an, there's an extra added element of difficulty just because the private school ranks are an evolving um, they're 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 at least more quickly evolving than say the public school ranks. I will I will immediately say this, and and I think what you'll realize is part of the reason why we even do this podcast, and the reason why we gave out um, awards last year. It's just because honestly, I I you know, and, and this is just my opinion. Don't take anybody else's opinion on here from this. This is my personal opinion, but I really feel like there's a reason why we do this podcast, and we highlight certain players in private school sports that in reality are are different guys are being highlighted by taps and in the rewards aspect at the end of the year like we try to highlight as non-biased as possible on on that kind of spectrum and i think on a uil skill there's so many people that are covering uil in that aspect Mm -hmm. that they, they can't they can't like you know make up a ton of stuff about like certain awards and stuff like that because there's too many people watching that scene when in reality the coaches in private schools can say well you really haven't seen him so i can make up whatever i need to say about him and he can get this award over this guy when in reality we try to come in and be like actually we've been watching every single one of those games and we can tell you the real guys that deserve those awards Hmm. so that's a little bit on our aspect just because when you don't have as much coverage you kind of can make some stuff up along the way and just say here and there, but with y'all and how y'all co- cover most of UIL and all that kind of stuff, there's too many bright lights, too many cameras, too much stuff looking down on that stuff. And, and you can't, and you, you just can't make that stuff up. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, it's just, it's different. That's interesting. That is. Um, I, you know, I, I think for all of us, you know, we don't want it. We don't want private school to be the matter days and the St. John Bosco's over in Cali. We don't want, private school ball to reign supreme and have all these guys come in every year i don't i mean personally i don't want that i want it to be balanced and i think it's a good balance this year and i'm happy to see where it's going and i think it's it's a very positive thing because i think when you want to transfer is really just when you want to bet like have a better environment or something like that and i think you see that both ways you know and you, yeah, and 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 you never, you know, one thing I'll I'll just say is that you never know. It's it's easy to to paint with a broad brush and say, oh well, this kid is transferring to this school for this reason, yeah. and, and and but everyone's situation is different, you know. Like like I've learned that in covering. I'll, I'll use an example. I've learned that in coaching changes that there will be coach. There's there's you know three hundred coaching changes every offseason, right? And it's easy to paint with a broad brush and be like, oh well, he's leaving there to go to this job. But the problem is that then when you have a, something that doesn't make sense, like we had a coach go from a 5A school to a 2A school, go from Denison to Tioga. And like people were like, why in the world would he go there? And the reason is for family reasons. He wants to get yeah. out to a small town and stuff like that. Like there's a lot of different reasons that people do that from the coaching perspective. And that holds true in the private school ranks. They've, they, they, uh, private school ranks. 
these these kids are more often than not just making what they feel is the right decision for them. And yeah. and you know that it's it's hard it's hard to fault parents for saying we believe this is the right decision for our kid. And and you know as as a dad, I certainly can can appreciate that. Yeah. No, I I really really like like how you just put all that because so often we just think of these their kids and these coaches as statistics when they're not they're they're human beings and they're real people and there's emotions that come into play in these decisions and so often we look over that so I really like how you just you humanize the people that are making the decisions to kind of maintain this this equilibrium between public and private school football. That's all I'm trying to do, man. Just trying to. <laughs> Trying yeah. to, you know, trying, trying, trying to sum it all up. It's kind of my job to, to kind of sum it all up. Can I tell you about a text message I just got? Yeah. Okay. So I got a text message from a coach who said that I won't name names, but they said that this is on the, um, that this is on the, um, the bulletin board in a, in a locker room at a, uh, at a local high school, I should say local high school in the state of Texas. And it is their, div- their district preview that has been cut out where we pick them to finish fourth out of five teams um oh, so great. Grace yeah. did that one year i remember that that's the uh i oh, we get that a lot we get that a lot where it's like, and well that's the thing but here's the thing you talk with coaches and they'll tell you that they would much rather be picked like last than first yeah. absolutely they want it to do and 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 you also have to oh i'm gonna make some friends in the coaching community with this one um plain and simple there are sandbaggers out there Plain and simple, coaches who know they've got a really good team, and then they'll be like, oh, I don't know. I don't know how good we're going to be. And, like, we have to kind of sift through it and be like, all right, no. Coach, we know you're going to be really good. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're blowing smoke. There's, there's a number of them that are, that are sandbaggers that'll be like, Oh no, I think you should rank us last in the districts. Like coach, you've won the district 16 consecutive times. Chill out. There is one team I want to say so, so badly that both of you probably know that I will not say, but <laughs> perfectly. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I mean, when sandbaggers, we did, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, also when we did rankings for just like awards and stuff, it was the same way. Like people, you know, oh, all yeah. that goes into it. It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, but yeah. let's go into like, while you're here now, uh, you know, let's go into these last five games. I mean, for us, probably the biggest games of the week. Um, we'll start off with the first game being Grapevine Faith versus Covenant Christian. Um, Grapevine Faith, you know, new head coach a year ago. You know, having to change, losing the one of the best running backs, honestly, in DFW and Mark Saunders last year, who was a great guy for him when Deuce Hogan was there. Deuce is now gone. Uh, you know, his father is now transferred now to Covenant and coaching now down there, or not not Covenant, sorry, Cyprus. And, you know, they have the other Cross brother and Chase Cross there now. Uh, you know, Carson was at the fourth Christian last year. And they're all they're in this gray area of they're not elite as they once were when they wanted, you know, a couple of years back when I was in high school and not, not a terrible team or any of the bottom of the division, they're still right there at the top, but they just, right now, I don't think they're the top as they usually are. And on the other side, you have covenant who won the state championship last year, you know, lose a lot of guys, but still return most of their main talent, including one of the best, you know, defensive lineman in the state for 23, Eno Etta. Eno Etta, sorry. He'll get mad at me because I said that wrong. Eno Etta. Um, and then also Christian Wells, uh, who, you know, of course, is the son of Vernon Wells, the younger one. And they have other talent, you know, there too. And it's a really good team of like a game that we're, we're going to talk about right after this too, of 
can a good team in D2 get beat by basically the best team in Division Three um, in TAPS? So for me, I, I think it's, it's going to be interesting because I think Grapevine will have the, the better quarterback in this scenario, and I think they'll have some of the, res- the threats on the outside. But I think for my pick, at least, I'm going to say – I'm I'm I might go bold and I think I'll go the division three team. I think I'll go covenant here just because I think the talent, the two talented guys they have on that roster and, you know, after, you know, uh, talking to him over this off season before he had 15, around 15 sacks last season. And that was before he really even put in the weight was in the weight room, finally got with a trainer this off season. And you're talking about a guy who's a top 130 player in the country on this team in private school. I mean, Six five, all of that jazz can wreck havoc. Um, and then an athlete like Christian well, Christian Wells, who I believe before he got hurt was averaging six interceptions on the season. I think only halfway through. So you have two guys who are ball hawks, a ball hawk and a just monster on the defensive line. And I think those two guys are going to make make it hard for Chase Cross to win this game. So that is going to be my pick. And I guess. Uh, Greg, if you want to go now, okay. you can go now. Sure. I'm happy to. Uh, there's a, you summed it up really well. Uh, here's a couple of things that I'll keep in, keep in mind. You know, one thing that I think is interesting about great fine faith is, is this is a, uh, this is a team that, that loses Mark Saunders. Um, and I would say they, they arguably lost, I would say maybe their most valuable player in Caden Carter, the big offensive lineman. Yeah. Um, who I think could be a real star there at Mirror and Baylor, mm-hmm. but they bring back a lot of the worker bees, like a lot of the little guy, not little guys is the wrong word, but a lot of the guys who don't get the headlines who come in and that, that kind of make that team go uh, for covenant. They are, they have the superstars back. Like they've got a lot of those stars uh, that are back. Here's why I'm taking covenant. Um, I'm taking covenant because it's week one and defenses are almost always ahead of offenses in week one. And right now, if you're asking me which defense I feel like is probably going to be the better defense, uh, by the time it's all said and done, I say it's covenant. Now could, could grapevine faith end up being a a state title contender? Yeah, absolutely. If things come together, if they find it, if they, they find a a running back, uh, you know, back there, if chase cross kind of makes, makes that next step as a quarterback, then I think they, they could certainly be in that hunt. But for now, you know, defenses tend to be a little bit more gelled in week one than, than offenses. And so I'm going to, I'm going to go with covenant in this one. Absolutely. That's fine. You go, you go next. I got oh. some theatrics planned for this one. There you go. Um, honestly, if I, if I'm being, if I'm being completely honest, I don't see this game like being close in my opinion. Hmm. I'm sorry. I think, I think covenant is just a really, really, really good team. Um, and I love Phil toe. I think mm-hmm. it, it says just toe, right? Phil toe. Mm-hmm. He's great, great coach. Um, we had him. I mean, didn't, wasn't he one of our finals last year, if not the winner yeah. of our, right? Yeah. Like he, he was, he is such a good coach for this covenant team. He proved that with a guy like Austin sheets, as quarterback that they could run the show. And then, I mean, they still got great players. I love that. There's a four star at this capacity in division three. Um, playing at a school like this, I think that brings a lot to the table. And I completely agree with you, Greg, when it comes to defense, a uh, defense week one, they're fresh, they're ready to go. They've been ready to pounce all the way since, um, what is that? December, November of last year. Mm-hmm. Like they are ready to pounce on their senior year. Also not to get into all that, but I mean, these guys are in the same threat as they were last year. Season is on the line. Anytime COVID could come back anytime. These kids are ready to play 
whenever need be. And if their season gets cut short in their senior season, they're hoping that those games that they played are insanely valuable. So I wanted to say that before any of the games we got through, but specifically with this Covenant Christian team, I like them a lot. I've always liked Mm -hmm. them. And although Chase Cross, I'd be be happy to see what he can do in his junior season. I do think Covenant Christian is going to take it out on top here. I'm a really big fan of Christian Wells as well. I wanted to say that. Oh, here we go. So, first of all, I'm going to use a little bit of betting terminology here. I want to say full disclosure, you cannot bet on Texas high school football. Do not not. bet on high school football. (laughs) Don't. Don't do it. Now go on with your betting analysis. Okay, thank you. You you scared the crap out of me. So, basically, this is a really tough game for me. You know, Dave Campbell's has Grapevine picked over Southwest Christian and Fort Worth to win their division. And while I'm not completely sure how accurate that is, stop me if you've heard that before, they certainly are a good team in division two. However, Covenant is special. I'd go so far to say that this could be the best division three team in recent memory. And I'll, I'll stick by that. Even if I'm wrong, this game more importantly is going to show how great the talent gap is between taps division two and division three. That being said, I've I've never shied away from a hot take, which is less of a hot take now that the three of you have already made your picks. But <laughs> the inaugural West Mortal Lock of the century is Covenant Christian minus three points against Grapevine Faith. You know, I believe in Phil Toe. I believe in Eno Edda. By the way, I know y'all I, y'all had to like the lights. I'm going to bring that back. Yeah, but no. <laughs> but I, 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 I believe I believe in Covenant Christian is what I'm trying to say. You know, like you said, I really like how you said the defenses are usually ready first. I think Covenant's defense is going to be nasty, spearheaded by Edda. I really, really believe that they're going to win this game, even though they're a smaller team, and prove that the talent gap is a lot closer than we realize between the two divisions. So one, one last thing on this, because I know we got more games to get to. Um, I, will, I will certainly be watching, you know, what this game looks like and, 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 you know, who wins the game, obviously. But I also think I want to see, like, how this game feels. If, if Covenant comes out and they put the boots to Grapevine Faith, a, what I still think is a pretty darn good Grapevine Faith team, I think we all picked uh, pick Covenant, but if they put the boots to them, like, look, we've got Col- we've got Col- Colleyville Covenant winning D three in in Dave Campbell's Texas football. I don't think that gap between them and what I think is probably the second best team in D three, which probably Cypress Community right now, um, those would probably be the top two. I could be convinced that that gap is larger if they were to go out there and really put the boots to to Grapevine Faith. But I also think Grapevine Faith, you know, look, this, these are two teams that are pretty local to one another, a little bit of rivalry here. It could be a fun game, and and I don't want to put too much data. I don't want to put too much into one week's worth of data. But Absolutely. If, 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 like if, if Covenant goes out there and beats them like 63 to 7, which I don't see happening, but if they were to do that, like that's certainly going to raise my eyebrows. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and let's now talk about that second team mm-hmm. probably in division three uh, uh cypress christian is facing fourth christian with a good first round matchup i think uh a test for you know chris hogan's going back up to a face of one of those teams he knows really well in fort worth christian um you know they were they're returning 17 starters this year which is really really special for cypress you know they lost 40 to 30 in the state championship against covenant last year um and this is it's another game of can a top D three team face 
can beat a good, you know, D2 team. Um, and that's what's going to be interesting. You know, with Chris Hogan at the helm, and I think, you know, one of the best, you know, we talked about it a long time ago, one of the best, you know, coaches, regardless of, you know, private or public, but for sure in the private rankings is he's one of the best. And, you know, you have guys like Maxwell Landrum, who is, I thought was one of the best private school quarterbacks in Houston last year, you know, put on a show last year who I was like, who is this kid? And then getting to go talk to him, I was like, all right, I trust this kid to go lead that team for sure. You know, other guys, you know, Cody Andrews, Jackson Owen, all those guys are going to be really, really core and key pieces to this team to see if they can do it again. Um, there's another good team, you know, down there in San Antonio, Holy Cross, that's going to put a little bit more pressure of them next year uh, in, in that Southern way to go to the state championship. But I think Cypress is going to be that team up down there. Um, fourth Christian, on the other hand, I mean, you don't, you, you lose Carson Cross to, I think he's going to ACU now. You lose other, other guys. I mean, they're still talent. They have so much talent receiver-wise and skill position-wise. You know, they probably are in that district of, you know, Faith, Southwest Christian, and uh, them, and also Legacy. I mean, though they, they probably have the most skill talent there, it's, which is insane. Um, and having a transfer in from Mansfield Lake Ridge, so he's, you know, I believe that a 6A, correct? So that's a 6A mm-hmm. tested quarterback now. And you have Jacob Trimble, one of the best tight end, I'm sorry, wide receivers in private school. And he's only going to be a junior. And you have other guys who are going to be core guys for that team. I, I'm going to put Fort Worth Christian. I think they're, if they, this is the thing about them, they're not going to be well in the trenches at the beginning, but I do think their skill, if they put it together, I think they can do it. And, you know, I went and saw them face my alma mater, Southwest Christian last year in the, I think it was, uh, quarters i believe and um they had they were they had so many chances at that game to win it and they just couldn't because they were just were not making those catches that they needed to if they did that game would have been such a different game and i think honestly my eagles probably would have lost it but i i think if they could put it together they have a chance to be pretty freaking good in division two so my pick is going to be fourth christian and you know you know what, Ryan, you can go behind me. and You know, Greg, you can end it for us. So if I'm being completely honest here with myself, I, 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 I actually play, when I played sports and stuff like that, we had Fort Worth Christian and Great Fine Faith both in my division in high school. Yep. Now, I will say this. I think Lacey has gotten not as great at, at, at football in that little aspect. Um, but I think forward Christian and grapevine have stayed a, a being top dogs. I love the fact that Chris Hogan gets to go play against one of the people that one of the teams that was in that division that shows a lot to me. And it shows that in my opinion, he knows how this team is run. He knows the, the support and the fan base behind this team. He knows every single aspect of this team. He knows guys that have been in this system for a long time, just because he's been in that area in that division. Now, if anybody doesn't know this, Trevor Andrews played for Lake Ridge, okay? Lake Ridge went 0-10 last year. Keep that in mind. Now, I'm 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 going to I'm not going to I'm not going to sound stupid here. They they on their schedule was Denton Geyer, Cedar Hill, DeSoto, Waxahachie, Duncanville, and uh Midway. So, you know, don't get me wrong. They're playing some of the best teams in the state. But he wasn't like, you know, 
he wasn't doing all that over at at uh at what's it called at Lake, uh, Ridge. Um, Lake Ridge. So I'm sorry, but you're coming into a brand new team, playing your first game with this team. You have a great wide receiver in Jacob Trimble. I bet they don't know how to use each other yet, if I'm being completely honest. I feel like Jacob Trimble needs to adapt to Trevor Andrews, and I think that they need to figure out their kinks before they can beat a team of level of Cypress Christian and beat a coach like Chris Hogan. That's my true opinion. I think Cypress Christian wins this, but I do have it close. I'm going to go probably... Seven seven points, like seven uh, three seven points is what I'm gonna say on that. So, I yeah, I'm I'm gonna keep it quick here because I know everyone's just watching this to hear Greg talk. But um, I think we're in a very similar position to the last game where it's you know it's a very good D three team versus a relatively good D two team. Personally, I like Fort Worth in this matchup. You know, it really goes against all my reasoning for the previous game, but I think the talent distribution really favors the Division two school in this game. But, you know, I am uneasy, like y'all mentioned, betting against Coach Hogan. As I watched firsthand last year as he took my alma mater to OT and we were much more talented. You know, I like fourth Christian by about a touchdown here. Walker, Wes, guys, you're falling into a trap. Okay. You're falling. And here's the trap you're falling into because I've fallen in this trap before. Mm. We're getting starry-eyed because of the skill guys. And their yeah. skill guys are great. Don't get me wrong. I think four Christian skill guys are fantastic. I do think Trevor Andrews is better than he showed last year. And, and Jacob Trimble is a superstar, right? And, and, and Gus Sanchez and Luke Anderson and all these guys they've got. I think they've got awesome, awesome playmakers. I think Cypress is going to eat up front. Ooh. I think they're going to mash up front. I think that they are – I think they're a super physical team. I mean, it's not just guys like Griffin Fisk at the linebacker spot or Jake Swan, who's a two-way offensive defensive lineman. They've got a 6'1", 290-pound freshman playing offensive line. They've got a 5'10", 270-pound sophomore playing offensive line. I think they're, I just think that they're going to have an advantage in the trenches. And in the end, that's what's going to come down to. Yes, I think Jacob Tremble is going to get hits. But I think in the end, like, I think I go with the team that's going to be better in the trenches. And I think that's, I think that's Cypress Christian. I think they're, they're the team you got to keep an eye on. You know, I, I honestly, you know, I got, I got to respect that, you know, going down there, seeing those guys, those are, they, they play physical and, you know, they eat up front, man. Yeah, they do. Absolutely. And you know, when a team coached by Chris Hogan, one thing he mm -hmm. teaches is physicality and he makes sure they are in the trenches. They, they know what they're doing. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you got to respect that. So no, and, and hand hand up. I did. I I, I did get starry eyed over uh, <laughs> over the skill position play. Hey, you're, listen, you're looking at a former skill player. I can't help it. I get I, it. it. It's it's well, like a sports car. It's sexy to look and you're, at. I can't help. And it. you're talking to a former terrible offensive lineman. So like I get it. We're just from two different worlds. You know. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Two different perspectives. Um. Hey, I I have no judgment. I, 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 what's called, I didn't play football. So I just look at, I just look at it and I go, all right, this quarterback has lost a lot of games. We're going to say no on that part. That's I do want it on record. If, uh, if Fort Worth wins this game that I outpicked Greg Tepper, I want that on uh, roast. Me. <laughs> I mean, roast me at Twitter at Greg Tepper. I picked over you. Exactly right, man. Just roast me. <laughs> all right. Let's move into the third game. Uh, Dallas Parish Episcopal versus Bel Air Episcopal. Um, we're talking about the back-to-back, -back, maybe future back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back state champs. Um, you know, you lose one of the most prolific, profile, uh, pro, what is that? Prolific. 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 Oh, yeah. thank, thank you. You know, it's yeah, not, it's I'm one of those. It's one I'm of those. Yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah. One of those days, man. And, and a guy like Preston Stone, who I think might 
he might win the job at SMU, maybe. I, I mean, he's facing Tanner Mordecai, so it's going to be an interesting battle. But you could see a guy like that win that first maybe job. Don't know for sure, but maybe. But so that's the big thing. They've always had talent, and they do have talent again this year. You know, you got guys, you have the four-star Daniel Demery, and you have Blake Youngbud, who I think is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the state. That kid can ball, like through and through. That kid can ball. And they have other guys, you know, Andrew Paul, those that defense of Keegan Addison and, you know, Jalen Hall, right? Those guys are talented dudes. And the question always has been, after Preston Stone leaves, who's it going to be? And that's always been truly the question. And, you know, that was a question when I went and asked them, you know, in the, in the spring, Hey, what you thinking? And he's like, you know, well, we're, we're going to look into it. We're, we're thinking about our guys, you know, we're still looking into it. And I think, uh, you know, I don't, I haven't talked to Novikov in a while, but I think they're going to roll with the freshmen. And from the last thing I heard, unless anything changes, they got a kid who just kind of like the entire thing with Preston Stone back in the day, who was a, Highland Park middle schooler who was going to be the future Highland Park guy. You got Sawyer Anderson coming from a middle school for Highland Park coming in to maybe take the job. And, and if anyone is capable of putting a freshman in line, it's going to be Daniel Novikov because if he trusts him, he trusts him. And if that guy or one of the other quarterbacks can do the job for Parrish this year, you got a three-peat. I really think so. They're too talented. And, you know, Preston Wood's going to be one to maybe be up there and compete. But, and honestly, I think San Antonio Central Catholic, of course, down low, that's going to be a team to beat. But I think Parrish is just too talented. Now, on the other side, if we talked about this maybe uh, a couple months ago when they probably scheduled this game, Bel Air Episcopal would have been a much tougher game. You know, losing Chase Jenkins to transfer and also Maurice Williams, who was 247, just put him as, I think, the number one rated guy in class of 2024 who's now at shadow creek i believe um those two guys minus those guys leaving minus you know the losing of one of the best players in last year of donovan jackson and the two other offensive linemen of louis shariva i think that's how you say it maybe and colin montgomery those that's that's losing a lot of stars on your team i mean in my opinion, I think this game, I think this is going to be a bigger win for Parrish than it probably was expected a couple months ago. But, I mean, Bel Air Episcopal has always been well coached. You know, you see guys with with Steve, I think Steve Lyons, you know, he literally just put three guys in the league this last year with Marvin Wilson, Walker Little, and also, oh my gosh, why can't I remember his name? Jalen Waddle. Mm-hmm. Um, those three guys I can't believe that also they, those three were on the same team in high school, which is absolutely insane. But Bel Air has always been well-coached, always had really good talent. You know, they will still have that talent here this year. You know, Bo Edwards is a guy I really, really like in the trenches. And that might be the thing is maybe in the trenches, can they do it? You know, what is it going to be have to see, but I, I'm going to say perish in this one. And I guess, you know what you, Greg, you want to go next? Or... Yeah, I'm going to be real boring here. Um, uh, this is before um, Chase Jenkins transferred out. Uh, they were already going to have to replace all five offensive linemen. I mean, and that is the kind of thing that, again, I'm not saying that may not work. In, in I'm not saying they're doomed, but like that's the kind of thing that it takes time. It takes time for them to get together and takes game reps. And especially going up against a team uh, that in, in 
that in, in parish that it has the pedigree that that feels like they're going to be right away. They're going to be really good. And if they do go with this freshman, the thing I do have to throw out there is that uh, Sawyer Anderson is the grandson of Donnie Anderson, Donnie Anderson, the cover boy, of the 1965 edition of Dave Campbell's Texas football. So of course I have to go with parish in this one. Uh, there you go. Staying home. And I guess Wes, you can go next. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm going to say the same thing everyone's going to say. I think Parrish is going to win. I think they're going to win by at least about three touchdowns. You know, I mean, Bel Air is just in between a rock and a hard place. You know, losing Jenkins and Williams really, really hurts. And also put some respect on SBC Wrestling State Champion Bo Edwards' name. But I, I think I, I just simply – he's obviously going to be a, a rock for that Bel Air defense – I just don't think it's enough. And like you said, having to replace that entire offensive line, which is again, basically the, the core of your offense. It's, it's not, it's not a recipe for success. And Parrish is just always seems to be a well-oiled machine. So, you know, give me Parrish and uh, quite a lot of points. Ryan. Yeah, I think, I think I'm right there with y'all. Um, I'm, I didn't really have any idea that, you know, that Sawyer Anderson was going to be coming in. I assume they're just going to grab one of the 19 million robots that they keep on campus at Dallas Parish, and they're just going to be like, all right, here you go. Come in here, and you're going to come play quarterback for us. But uh, no, honestly, I love this for Dallas Parish because, I mean, get Sawyer as many reps as possible in this game and just make him you know, feel comfortable with playing on a high school scene. Yes, Baylor Episcopal has become a lot, you know, different of a team than what you thought they were when you scheduled them. But I think that's great for Sawyer. I mean, he's coming from middle school ball to then go play on the, we know, the biggest high school name in, in TAPS, right? And obviously, you know, he was going to go to Highland Park, which I realize is one of the biggest names in all of Dallas. But, I mean, he's coming as a freshman. He's like, what, 14, 15 years old having to run this team that is like, you know, uh, two times state championship in the past two years, you know, two years, whatever. I just, I, I like to see how many reps he can get. Um, and instead of calling how many times I think, um, how much they're going to win by, I want to go and say, I think, I think Daniel Demery, is that how you say his name? Demery, yeah. Demery. I think he'll have four touchdowns. And I think as a, as a DB, yeah. What? <laughs> as a DB? Oh my bad. That's a running back. My bad. No, Blake, Blake Youngblood. I meant to say. Yeah, Blake I, Youngblood. I think he'll have maybe not four, but I think he'll have three, three touchdowns. And I think Sawyer Anderson and him can combine for three touchdowns. That's my hot take. That's my hot take. Here's here's the the last thing I'll, I'll close out on this. Uh, that that normally a freshman quarterback would scare scare me to death, but yeah. but. I would also say that Daniel Novikov has earned the benefit of the doubt that he's not going to put a kid in a situation that he's not ready for. And furthermore, the talent around him is going to be so supreme, supremely good that it may not matter, right? Yeah. That, that Demery and Youngblood, and, and, and we haven't even mentioned Andrew Paul, who I think is awesome, and, yeah. and, and guys like that, that he doesn't need to go out there and win the game by himself, um so he just needs to he needs to take care of the football and if he does that then then they're gonna then i think that they're gonna win this opener yeah absolutely and you know even on offensive line you know parish lost a couple of guys to you know graduation last year but they still return a guy like aiden gilmore who's gonna be one of the underrated 23 offensive linemen in the state so i think a guy like that who's you know really respected a lot of the trainers up there in dfw really like him 
I think that's going to be, you know, having a guy stand there for the next two years protecting him. Um, and I think is Coach Allen over there at Highland Park going to get a little annoyed that he, they keep stealing Highland Park transfers quarterbacks? Buddy. But, I mean, it's also Highland Park. You all, They will find a quarterback every year. They have so. a tree. Yeah, they just they go do. out back and they pick a quarterback off the tree. Absolutely. This year. It's, it's Brennan Storer is his name. Keep yep. an eye on him. Yeah, he'll be really good. I'm, I'm excited to go see him ball. Yeah. Um, moving on to, I think, honestly, you know, the last game we'll talk about is probably the biggest, but this game right here is going to probably be the biggest game private school-wise this week. You're talking about Houston Kincaid versus Second Baptist, who honestly are probably one and two of the best teams in Houston private school-wise. Um, you know, Houston Kincaid, there wasn't an SBC championship winner last year, but they were probably, you know, the people who basically, you know, the un, I guess the not official winners of the SBC last year. That's how you say that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then second Baptist, who lost in the semifinals last year to Austin Regents, who ultimately won it over a great game over Dallas Christian. But they they got all their talent, most of their talent back, and they got better. And you're bringing in a guy, you know, you lose Finn Nicholson right there for second Baptist, who went to Colorado School Mines, who, you know, I believe was the starter for Bridgeland before Connor Wegman came into town. I believe that is how it was. And then he transferred over. Um, but Connor Wegman, Giga Maggies, love that guy. Anyways, um, he, they bring in Turner, Tan, Turner Murdoch, who I believe has a pedigree of his family being very good athletes. And I believe in family, they had a guy who went and played baseball for UT. I believe that's what someone told me. So, you know, that, that kid is going to be, I think is going to be probably the most special young guy. I think just seeing him in person and seeing him throw the ball around down there in Houston, one of those, one of these days in the summer, that kid, they got something there. And if he can play well, they got a lot of talent around there. Well, the other side, Kincaid's got talent too, with, the two bell brothers of Micah and Dylan Dylan going to Georgia next year, who I think is a really, really underrated player. I think he can rewind it. He's a lot like, I'm not going to make the same comparison, but in a way he's a, like a and Anaya Smith in a way where he's very versatile as a player. He can run the ball. He can be on the outside. He's a, just a very versatile player. He's on their, their, I believe they're one of their best four by one teams as well. So he's a fast guy too. He runs Chris Sprouts. He does all that. That's why he's going to Georgia. Micah Bell is probably a better, honestly, talent than him anyways, as the one of the best players in uh, the 23 class. Um, those two guys are going to make it hard to beat. Plus also Cameron Henry, who's going to Harvard, you know, next year. And their quarterback, Luis Gustafson. They have talent. It's the reason they won it SBC basically last year. But I think my pick is going to be second Baptist. I think their depth is just going to be better. And I think in the trenches as well, I think that's where they might have the edge over him. You know, Colin Hedges is a all, I believe he was all district and offense and defense. And I believe all state and defense. You quote me if I'm wrong on that, but in the trenches, I think that's, what's going to be the overtaking for second Baptist being the best private school in Houston. Um, Eli Smith is a great back. Everett Skillen is a very underrated guy going to Brown. My pick, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Second Baptist. So, uh, whoever wants next, go for it. 
I'll take it real quick. So I'm actually going to be covering this game on Friday, and I'm absolutely just geeked to be there. You know, you said it perfectly, describing it. It's it's basically a fight for dominance between two of the best private schools in Houston. You know, both are obviously insanely talented. While Kincaid holds two of our top six private school players in the state, and Dylan and Micah Bell, who I think are both just freak athletes. Um, I also do think, though, that Second Baptist is going to be a dark horse for state champion this year in D2. I really do think they're that good. I have that much faith in Coach Pertle. I think he's developing a great program down there. But the question for this game is who's going to stop Dylan Bell? Um, someone from the Second Baptist secondary is going to have to step up and figure that out. And will that happen? We're going to have to wait and see Friday. I don't really know. But I think in this situation, it's going to come down to talent versus scheme. And this time, I think talent has a slight edge, which is why I'm going to take Kincaid in this game. And, you know, I mean, maybe I'll maybe I'm going to be guilty of getting caught looking at skill players again. Who knows? But I, that, that is largely that is largely kind of what I'm looking at here. But we'll see. Uh, Ryan, you can you can go next and tap. You can you can end us off for this game. I honestly think that. You know, you could argue Second Baptist is is you know right there, in the aspect of just being ready to go. There they got you know they got a chip on their shoulder from last year about you know how they they wish they would have made um, the championship and stuff like that for D two. But I would actually argue um, that Kincaid has a bigger chip on their shoulder. Imagine those guys last year that didn't get to play and then were basically told. Oh yeah, so we're actually not going to even have a playoffs this year, and you're just going to cut your entire season short. And uh, you've been waiting this entire time to play football. Oh yeah, go play football now and uh, see how you do. I think Kincaid's going to come out there like you know, like the Bulls running. You know, I think I honestly think that you could see you know them going out there. I love the Bell brothers. I think that they can show what they're all about. Yes, that is a lot of star power in that aspect, but give me star power and give me, uh, you know, the fight for, to want to have a real season. If I'm being completely honest, go on, give me Kincaid. Um, I think this is the best private school game of the, of the week. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited about it. And it's one of those games that I, I, I want them to play now. And then I also want them to play in week 10, because I yep. think that they're going to be very different teams then. Um, here's why and i think this game is is tight and 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 it's not uh, it's going to be easy to look at this as a referendum of spc versus taps and mm. i don't i want to i want to make sure we're holding off on that because i don't necessarily think that it's going to be a, as telling as that uh, necessarily it, it it may be in other circumstances but here's why i'm going to take second baptist um so second first of all kincaid's going to have the single individual best player on the field um in dylan bell that kid's a freak show that kid's unbelievable i mean he he could he could start for any team in the state of texas plain and simple i mean that kid's unbelievable and and they've got they are this team can absolutely fly cam henry is a burner uh they have got speed all over the field this team is very very fast where i worry about kincaid and why i give second baptist the slight edge in this one because both these guys have skill position players back kincaid i think is not going to be as deep and i think the depth is going to be a bit of an issue um specifically i know they're going to have a number of guys going both ways playing both ways and i wonder i i see this game being an absolute barn burner coming into the fourth quarter 
And then I wonder if Second Baptist, just by having a little bit more depth, has that slight edge. I think this game is fantastic. I could absolutely see it going either way. And, and like I said, I would like to see it in, in, in 10 weeks and see it again and just like kind of see how these two teams have grown. I think this game rules. I'm really excited about it. And, and I'm, I'm going to give the slight edge to Second Baptist, but I, I, am, I have like almost 0% confidence in it. I think this is a total coin flip type game. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, what Coach Pirtle has done there over the years has done has been a really good job of keeping talent. And I know they haven't even one of their coaches is Cecil Schwartz the third, who was a NFL player for the Jags for the longest time, was on my fantasy team probably back in the day. I mean, <laughs> I mean, great. They have great coaches over there too. Um, just a great, great team. And I think they're finally ready to maybe try to. You know, they're going to try to beat Austin Regents in that semifinal matchup. If they can, that's going to be wait to see type of thing, but it's going to, I think it's going to be closer than what people expect. Mm-hmm. So moving in to the final game, the Tom Landry classic, I believe going to be played at uh, our uh, Allen high. I'm going to be after this game, hopefully. And I'm excited for this. Um, it's, it's going to be interesting because everything's going to roll around is what, what is Nolan going to do with the team they had last year, which could have compete with a lot of teams in the state. They lose a lot, a lot, a lot of the talent, probably their top profile guys. Most of them have transferred out. What are they going to do? They're left with still good talent. Don't get it twisted. They're still going to be a good team in private school, but that's the talent that set them over the edge last year to make that state championship is not there really anymore. But the one thing about, you know, about coach Bowden, right? Is the, he, he'll get his guys ready. And guys will come in and all of that jazz, and they'll be ready to play. The quarterback battle will be interesting to see who will take over for Jimmy Taylor next year. I thought it was going to be Jeremiah Bledsoe, but I mean, I, you never really know. I, I, I don't know if they've officially named a starter, so I won't say that. Um, I haven't talked to him or anything like about that. But they still got two, two dogs on the, the defensive line and Caleb James and Curly Thomas. Caleb James, I think, is, is pass rush-wise, is – up there with a lot of those dudes in 23 in the state. He's very, very, very good. But, and then not really, not never mind, but, and then you have Curly Thomas on the other side, just tall, lanky, just defensive end going to Cal, who's a, was a dominant player last year, had one of the most sack, had one of the, oh my gosh, had a lot of those sack, one of the top players with sacks for the last year in private school. You have other guys, Simone Davis, you know, Gerald Lacey, Trey Park's vision, who's just a burner, 4-3 speed over there at the receiver position. They got dudes. But there's, that's really all I'm going to say because this is Argyle. Argyle went you know, 16-0 last year, state champs. And the, I, I think this is going to be Argyle. This is, Argyle have probably one of the, for smaller schools, probably one of the best offensive lines. I don't think most of their, any of their guys are under 6-3, 270. I mean, those guys, they're just, all those boys up there are just built to play football and having him. And then you add in another private school name and Jaden Scarlett coming from flower mound Cormdale to there now. And you add him. I mean, you already have Riley Van Poppel on the defensive line and also, you know, Michael Madry on the defensive line. And you add a guy like that, who is probably the best get off in the state. That's, that's just disgusting. And I don't think, with you know Noah Ponce going to Duncanville, they don't really have any interior dudes on the offensive line that are really going to make an impact. 
So for me, I, I'm going to say Argyle all the way. Um, it's going to be a good test, though, to see how good Nolan is with all the guys leaving out. If they can keep it close, that's going to be interesting because that means they're, they're going to be as good as coach as they were last year. It's going to be really interesting to see. But I, I think Argyle is just too talented, even with all the guys they lost last year and like Jasper Law and their quarterback. They'll they'll be fine. So, uh, Ryan, you want to go? Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna say a lot. I in all reality, I think you've said most of the stuff that need needs to be said. Um, give me Argyle by two touchdowns, um, or even three. I, I honestly could see it going like that. I just don't. I I have had faith in Nolan Catholic, but too many guys they've lost. Too many guys, and I love Jaden Scarlett for Argyle. So give me Argyle two to three touchdowns. Yeah, no, I'm not going to say a lot. So I can let the guy that actually covers Texas public school football say what he wants to say. But I think, you know, I don't think the talent gap between Texas private and public school is getting any wider. However, Argyle is simply going to be just way too much for Nolan to handle. I think Argyle wins this handily. So these are two of the, in my opinion, the best coaches in the state. I think David Bowden's a wizard and what he does there at, at Nolan every single year is really impressive. And I love what Todd Rogers has done at, at Argyle. Todd Rogers' record, if you're interested, I've got it up here, is 210 and 37. That is pretty good. Um, and, and, and Nolan, you're right. They've got, they've got a couple of cats. Uh, Curly Thomas is awesome. I think Caleb James is, is great. Um, they were hit pretty hard by, by some, by some key transfers and stuff like that. Um, and so I want to be very clear that I like this Nolan team a lot. And what I'm about to say is not a reflection of how much I like this Nolan team. I think this is a bad matchup. Yeah. I think this is a bad matchup. And I'll tell you why, because the thing that Nolan is going to do this year is get after the quarterback. They're going to get after the quarterback. They're going to put pressure on them and they are running into an outrageous offensive line with Sheridan Wilson, with Nick Rubian, with uh, Wes Tucker. I mean, this offensive line at Argyle is massive and they are experienced and they are good. They're not super duper deep, but they're very, very good. Um, And that to me, if you've got a team that is going to be able to mitigate your greatest strength, that's a problem. And so for me, I, I look at this and I worry about the, the matchup there. I, I just think that I, I just think that no one doesn't match up particularly well against Argyle. And furthermore, and this is just a little public school note, Argyle is always really good early. They come out, they come out of the oven baked. Okay. They are they are good right away. There are a lot of teams that get better as the years go on, as the season goes on. And to be clear, Argyle does get better, but it's not as stark because they're always really good in week one. And so that is to me for a team that is going to need have a lot of pieces in play uh, that, that needs to be put in place, playing their playing football for the really in, in a major way for the first time there at Nolan going up against a team that's a defending state champ that mitigates what they do best. And that traditionally has started fast. I just don't love the matchup there for Nolan. I'd love to be wrong, but I do. I, I think that Nolan is is probably a, a, an underdog in this one, and arguably a sizable one. I think Argyle is is as good. They're our pick to win four A Division one this year, so yeah. there's no shame in 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 in, in losing to to uh, Nolan uh, losing Argyle should they do uh, that. But yeah, I, I look at this and I think I think I got I think Nolan's an underdog here. Yeah, without a doubt. I, Go. I was just gonna say exactly what you're saying. Nolan Catholic cannot take this loss to mean anything at all yeah. in all reality. It literally means nothing because they could lose this game and win every other single game of the year. 
besides maybe Parrish, whatever, that they could win every single other game, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't look any different. You're playing Argyle, like you're playing a four A public school. Like I don't, I don't. Well, see and, the, well and, and furthermore, and you know that's for yeah. yeah, for sure. And and here's the other thing is that this this game is not happening on accident. Okay, mm-hmm. like David Bowden knows what he's getting into. He knows because he wants to go out there and he wants to bow up. He wants to see his team get challenged. He wants to t- see his team get pushed. This is not like he's, you know, it's not just a hat rack for David Bowden. He's a smart guy. He knows what he's getting into. He knows that Argyle is going to test them in a big, big way. And so, especially in week one in a game like this, like you, you, the scoreline matters, obviously. Everyone's out there to win, but it's also about what you're gaining from these games. And I think that, I think Nolan's got a lot to gain from going up against one of the premier uh, public school teams in, in the state. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this one more time as well. I, I know I keep jumping in right after you say something, but think about this. Caleb and Curly go up against these offensive linemen, and then mm-hmm. every other single offensive lineman that they play after this game all year long, I don't want to say a cakewalk because there are some good offensive linemen in, mm-hmm. in Division One, but, bro, they will be not anywhere compared to these offensive linemen. They'll be like, tested. The off- you know what I mean? The off- they will be battle-tested right from the jump. It, I, I I love that. I love the fact that they they're going to get tested, and then from now on they'll be like, oh well, I'm I'm ready to go. Like I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to beat these guys. Yeah, thank you. I think y'all both said it greatly. I mean, a, a team like Argyle, who last year in the week two beat Pleasant Grove, a good Pleasant Grove team, week two. I mean, they start fast, like you said, and they're going to be really really good. Um, for me, those are those are the five games. I mean, that's those are our picks, guys. Um. I mean, I think that's really it for you, man. I think I think you can get out of here unless you have anything else you want to say. Anything else or no? That's that's about it. I appreciate you guys having me on your podcast and and letting me yammer on about about, about private school and high school football. It's kind of what I like to do. So uh, you guys keep up the good work. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, and we want to say for sure. If for some reason you haven't gotten a copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, please go pick that up. Not just because we have Greg here on the podcast, but it is one hundred percent the best source of football knowledge in the state. Like that's what I know I use, and I think both of them use when we're looking up players and research for this game. So please go pick that up. Well, thank you, and and also if that's not enough, then I have a two and a half year old son who needs food. <laughs> so that is also a reason to do it but texasfootball.com slash subscribe uh if you want to get your magazine mailed directly to you yeah man uh I, we really thank you man we really really thank you for doing this i know it means a lot for us you having a great guest like this for week one um you ever need anything give us a holler you know how it is uh but yeah thank you man absolutely happy football season boys yes sir thanks Fred. So once again, we want to say a huge thank you to Greg Tepper from Dave Campbell's Texas Football for coming on and just talking football with us. Like Walker mentioned, this is probably the biggest guest we could have had week one. And again, I, I will I will plug it to the day I die. Go out and get Dave Campbell's Texas Football. It is the football Bible here in Texas. I'm a broken record. Um, anything that you want from any team in the state, private or public, it's in this book. Go get it, please. They do a tremendous job every year. But with that being said, that's about all that we have for today. I know for sure I will be at Houston Kincaid versus Houston Second Baptist, a matchup we have we have hyped tremendously that I'm very excited 
for there's another game I'm looking at that I'll probably I'll, I'll tease later in the week. Uh, Walker, do you want to see what game you're going to be at? Yeah, I'm going to go to that fourth Nolan versus Argyle game. You know, I think Argyle is going to win it pretty heavily, but I still want to see how good that team will be. And, you know, if I have to go cover Texas high school football anyways, might as well go represent private school and go watch that game. So, yeah, that's the game I'm going to go to. Hopefully I can cover some more games down the line. Yeah, 100%. But I know that we are all incredibly excited for Texas high school football to get starting back up. We're also incredibly excited to be giving you this coverage and this information on private schools that I guarantee you no one else around the state is giving you. But with that being said, that's all we have for today. So as always, I've been one third of your hosting crew, Wes Tolleson, Walker Lott, and Ryan Schroeder have excellently been themselves. We will see you in the next episode. Peace.